Welcome, Bible Rundown, Day 22, Exodus 4 through 6. I'm Pastor David here with Pastor Rob. Not many of you get to see what happens behind this microphone, but there is magic. And that magic is when Rob and I are trying to figure out what on earth are we going to say and how are we going to structure this podcast? Well, today's session, I can tell you, is going to be an amalgamation of, of two thoughts. Um, we've talked in the past, Rob, that a Jewish reader reading the Old Testament is going to see things from not really understanding how it fits into Christ, right? And that's we see that in the New Testament. These Jewish people did not expect their Messiah to look the way that he did and come in the way that he did. But yet we, as New Testament Christians, use the New Testament to help explain the old. And so we kind of see these things unfold. So um, I'm going to give you, from a Jewish reader perspective, what they might have seen. And then Rob's going to show how it would actually connect to us as Christians, how we can see Christ in this passage. But in chapter 4, Moses is given three signs. His staff turns into a serpent. God tells him to put his hand into his cloak and it turns leprous. And then the final sign, he just tells him that, hey, you're going to take water from the Nile, pour it on the ground, it's going to become blood. Well, a Jewish reader might be looking at it and saying, yes, these are all going to point, Rob, to things that we're going to see later on as the Exodus unfolds, right? Not just in the book of Exodus, but also in Numbers. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, you know, the rod or the staff is going to become a snake that will eat Pharaoh and the magician snakes, showing that God's going to overcome Pharaoh. The leprous hand is going to point forward to Miriam and Aaron, who actually oppose Moses and are cursed with leprosy in Numbers 12. And then the water becoming blood is going to point us to the ten plagues specifically against Egypt because of Pharaoh's refusal to let the people go. But how do you see those things connecting to Christ? Yeah, now now, now you're getting into it. That was good. That was great. I love the connections you're making here. But at, at the end of the day, too, you also have to make those connections to Christ and the shepherd who will lay his life down for the sheep who who will take on sin or representation of the serpent here and 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 wipe away that that sin crush the head of the serpent all of these pictures are in play then you have the the unclean hand which becomes clean but is made unclean Christ coming down uh taking on flesh being uh dying a sinner's death and then cleansing us through that through his work of of his blood which is in the Nile River and the blood cleansing making us clean the one who was clean is now um, cleansing us through the blood of Christ and so making us white as snow or washing us uh, to make us look like water and so all these cleansing remarks are, is is giving us this this picture of God himself and the nature and character of what God does yeah now we had talked too do we want to answer what's going on uh, with Zipporah and and needing to take the flint and circumcising her son Oh yeah, we we want to talk about these hard passages because our readers are reading it and they're going, I don't have a clue what's going on. But there is an intercession here and the wife is interceding on behalf of Moses because he is out of line. And how is he out of line, David? Well, he's he's part of the line of Abraham, right? And given that covenant of Abraham, he's not only supposed to be circumcised himself, but those of his household to be part of the covenant. Yeah. So here he is, he's Rob, he's answered the call of God. He's he's being obedient, but it's incomplete obedience and therefore disobedience to the mm. Lord. And we're told that the Lord comes and is ready to strike him down. And Zipporah somehow recognizes this, right? Mm. And and 
circumcises her son, touches Moses' feet with the blood. And I think really it's just, there's a lot of symbolism behind this act that I think, again, we can see Christ in here, right? A blood blood um, sacrifice or just the idea of cutting, making people pure. But the big idea here is the covenant is incomplete based on Moses' action, so he has to go through it. Yeah, we, and we almost see a, a Passover-type event here in which the shedding of blood causes the wrath of God to actually pass over Moses, and the intercessor is, is actually Zipporah d- due to this, this, uh, this um, you know, disobedience, if you will, to God and his plan. So uh, God's glory and salvation through judgment. You'll, you'll hear that over and over and over again. God is the God of wrath and judgment against unrighteousness, and therefore he he pours it out, his judgment upon the cross of Christ, which brings his salvation and his grace and mercy and all the things that we know are got to be. Yeah. And then we go on to chapter 5. And in chapter 5, we see an interesting account. Often the seed of the serpent, we see it in the New Testament when Pilate is trying Jesus. They, they have no recognition, Rob, of who God is, who is Yahweh. And it's interesting, right? I mean, Moses comes saying, listen, the Lord God says, let my people go. And and Pharaoh says, who's the Lord that I should listen to him, right? And Moses then goes back and says, no, listen, the God of the Hebrews told me, let my people go. And Pharaoh again replies, Moses, quit bothering me with this and distracting the people from their work. But we're going to start seeing it, Rob, right? Pharaoh hardens his heart towards the Lord first. He refuses to acknowledge that this God of the Hebrews exists and he is the one true God. And he's going to exert all of his focus, all of his energy, trying to prove that his gods are true. Jehovah Mm. is not. But anything you see in five and six. Yeah. And so we get into chapter six and, and God is promising the deliverance of his people and, uh, you know, Moses is having trouble with these things. He's having trouble saying, oh, am I, am I worthy enough? Can I speak well enough? Is the Lord going to use me? And yet God will use him. And again and again, God is reaffirming to Moses that his promise of deliverance of God of Jacob, uh, uh, his deliverance of his people. And so, you know, how many times does God have to reaffirm to me or to you? Uh, who he is and what he will do in our life. Yeah. We are no different than Moses. No, and at the same time reminding us that his plans and his purposes are for our good, even in the midst of difficulties and things that we experience that we, we can't see the end goal. Well, that's all we got time for today. Uh, we'll pick up tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Bible Rundown.